right. Well, happy new year. Hope it's going well for you so far. Welcome to the show. How did they get there? I'm your host, Sean Penn. My guest today is the casting director behind some of the most incredible films really of all time. Uh, Brokeback Mountain, The Sixth Sense, Artificial Intelligence, Capote, to name a few. Um, the uh, acclaimed, the extraordinarily prolific A.V. Kaufman is my guest. And really interesting impact on the landscape of television as well, working on shows like Succession and Damages and Dopesick and Mare of Easttown. She's able to transition so seamlessly between genre. I mean, she can go from a romantic film to a comedy to a horror film to a sci-fi film like, like that, which I think is really cool. We started out talking about uh, one of her, you know, recent projects, uh, which came out not too long ago, which is that tar picture, um, you know, directed by Todd Field and starring Kate Blanchett. I think she just she just won the uh, Golden Globe for that. I mean, that that was an incredible film. Uh, and then, you know, that kind of transitioned us into a discussion about her upbringing and growing up in the South and kind of how aspirations change. And, um, you know, so does life. And I think that was uh, yeah, just really cool. She's worked with, um, you know, Steven Spielberg uh, multiple times on on projects like Lincoln and, of course, Artificial Intelligence AI, which I love. Ang Lee's another one, uh, Zach Braff on Garden State, Michael Mann, Ridley Scott, Jodie Foster. And one thing which I think should be mentioned as well is that she's won three Emmys for her work on shows like Succession as well as Damages. So, yeah, man, I mean, I, I really enjoyed this and... Um, she has a bunch of projects coming out, uh, like always. Um, to name a few, Magazine Dreams with Haley Bennett, Mother's Instinct with Anne Hathaway, Josh Charles, Jessica Chastain, a bunch of other great actors. And Nyad, to name a few. That's written by Anne Bitterman, by the way, who's, like, in my mind, incredible for just Southland alone. And uh, Jodie Foster's in that as well with Reese Evans and Annette Benning. So yeah, lots of heavy hitters, um, you know, and she's also one. Great to talk to her, and I hope you enjoy. The life has been a little hectic, so I, I yeah. didn't listen to the the last ones, and and no, I no wanted worries. to, but but anyway, yeah. Cool. Well, I uh, never, nevertheless, I appreciate you making, uh, you know, making the time to do this. And it really is an honor to talk to you. And I guess, you know, when I, because when I look through the work, I mean, I think there are a couple of tenants that really govern it. One is just the sheer volume. I mean, you're very prolific. But then the other is this sort of versatility or, you know, you can call it range as well in terms of the differences uh, between all of your works. Is that something that you, consciously think about in terms of wanting to do something different each time in terms of you know uh, the directors you work with the types of projects that you cast or is that do you think that just kind of inevitably happens based on uh, the opportunities that you take well first I, I must say that I'm I was intrigued with why and how you speak to find out people's stories I'm I'm because it's kind of what I do yeah um I want to get inside the soul of people and what makes them tick and how they tick. Um, you know, I'm just feel like I'm incredibly lucky that uh, these people have come into my life and asked me to work with them. That's so um, there was a time in my life uh, to where if I was offered 
projects that I, I wouldn't have wanted to do, but maybe I would have financially had to do, send my kids to school, blah, yeah. blah, blah. So I'm 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 kind of grateful that those people never came to me, you know, with stories yeah. that that I would have so I that's why I say I've I've been I've been uh, incredibly lucky with the teams I've gotten to work with. Well, one of the recent um yeah, that's interesting you say that. I mean, I I definitely see that. You know, you're talking about the teams, I mean, the collaborations. Like one of the more I think recent uh collaborations that I saw was Tar with Kate. Um, you know, which is, which is incredible. And I love Todd Field uh, as a director, but also as an actor. So when you're thinking about that, because I think sometimes when I watch a film um, or, a, you know, any other project and it's kind of built around, maybe the protagonist has a very central role and it tends to be all about the protagonist. You kind of don't, the supporting cast tends to be kind of window dressing, but in something like Tar, they're not. And they have a really pivotal role um not just in sort of supporting kate's character but also being some a force that she can kind of resist against a force that she can react towards so when you think about that i mean how do you how do you approach casting around kate or is, or is that even is that a consideration when you're casting that type of project oh, always uh, always, uh, always, always. I mean, literally down, down to the one line parts. Uh, I get obsessed with only because um, you shouldn't take note of them. It should all be one voice, yeah. you know, coming. To, but, but I, I applaud Todd for that because um, Todd, Todd called me in the literally like the second week of the pandemic and no, that's not true. It was a while after the, like maybe the first year and, and he had written this piece and I was overwhelmed with reading it. I, I couldn't even figure out how he was going to film it, but, but every precise role had to work Yeah, for Todd. Yeah. I, I, I applaud Todd for, for his vision there. Um, that we we found this cellist we we did a world search for this cellist and found her in finland mm. um she's english but um never in her life did she think she was going to act she had no desire to yeah. and um and and those are the great stories you know she called me and said now they're wanting me to cut my hair and dye it dark black and, yeah. and what do you think and i was like you know it, it was her and her mother on the phone but um how brilliant that you can yeah. in someone's life like that. Yeah. I mean, I think about, uh, I, I think about that kid. Um, I think his name's Max and he's what well, she's kind of with him on the piano. And then you see that kind of twist. You, there, the interaction starts like a normal interaction in that sort of setting. I mean, you're at Juilliard, you know, this is someone that's obviously really accomplished, really a mentor to this entire class uh, and someone that they're really excited to work with. But then when you kind of see the twist and that, I don't know if it's boldness or confidence or or just arrogance, but you kind of see that twist from him. I mean, what do you, uh, when you're, when you're casting those types of roles um, and the setting is music, um, do you, do you, does the approach change from when you don't necessarily have that backdrop of music? Like how does, how was this process in working with Todd and, uh, and casting this cast? How is this different than some of the more other recent projects that you've taken well i i i i it it's it's so much fun to me to cast worldly mm. and not just 
in America or New York or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so that was a joy to cast people from all over because Todd shot it in Germany. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but one special thing that he takes note of is everything felt honest. Like that, even that situation did not feel staged. No, it didn't feel, you know, all of a sudden she pushed this kid yeah. to such an extreme that he was like, and, and I applaud people who were able to do that in real life to go enough. Right. You know, um, I'm not sure I answered your no, question, no, no. You, but did you, um, <laughs> did you, I mean, did you grow up listening to that kind of music? I mean, where did you, did you grow up in, here in the city? No, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, oh. and um, no, and Todd's a musician. Yeah. And so he, uh, no, I learned a lot from working on that. Yeah. What was, uh, what was the South like? I mean, was that, did, what was your upbringing like? Did you, um, were you interested? I know you were interested, you were uh, big in a dance, right? Like that was a big. I, 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 I wanted to be a ballerina. And, and when I came to New York and. I remember taking my first class at the Joffrey. Mm. I didn't want modern. I wanted ballet and everybody kept kind of pushing me to modern. Why ballet? It just, it was what I grew up as I grew up and that's all I wanted to do. It, mm. There's a connection in your body that you can put together literally. Like, I don't know if you're an athlete, but yeah. I know athletes have this as well, but I found a connection in my body to where if I did one thing, something else could happen. And I just felt that it was magic mm. that was able to explode without any kind of verbal anything. And, 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 you know, I had some hardships, uh, you know, loss and things when I was growing up. So that kind of saved me for a while. And then I gave it up and then I came to New York and when I was at the Joffrey and uh, you know, my legs were not that and <laughs> yeah. I remember to the woman next to me going like, okay, maybe I do have to do modern. Yeah. But uh, did you, did. yeah. Did you, um, I guess when you were growing up, I mean, was you, were you interested in films and, and television and those types of things as well? Or was, was dance kind of the thing, the big four, dance biggest was. force. Yeah. So then how does dance was. Yeah. And then I remember seeing, um, <laughs> I remember seeing funny girl and yeah. going on a holiday with my family. And I have these memories of being in this one <laughs> kind of a, a beautiful place yeah. in a beautiful hotel. And I was belting it out all over the hotel sort of <laughs> suite. And, 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 Finally, it was just stop. Yeah. I'm, I'm the youngest of four. And finally, it was just stop. like, you don't have a good voice. You shouldn't say like they weren't being mean. But but we um, we would go to this place. I don't think I've ever told anybody this. Mm. We would go to this place called Castle Castle in the Clouds uh, in Tennessee. And uh, we would perform. Wow. There's a picture of me and my two sisters going on stage. And I just... My mom was, um, she just brought this out in us and she just, she had, she had a fun way and a very, uh, elegant way to do shows. So we didn't write, like perform, perform, but like people would eat dinner and then they go, Oh, the Kaufman sister. And we would just, <laughs> I don't even know what we did. I don't yeah. even know what we did. She was, uh, she was all supportive. Oh, always, 
always. I mean, she didn't, she, she passed away. So she doesn't have a clue. Uh, You know, I was a teenager, so she doesn't have a clue who I became. Who, uh, who were you, who did you become? And, uh, as you were kind of growing up, I mean, you were always, I guess you were always a ballerina, right? And you were always very, very dedicated to dance, but I mean, did you, um, uh, after funny, funny girl and Streisand, I mean, was that, did you think about that as something that you could do, um, you know, from, a like working in film and working in television sample? No, 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 no. I, I, I just had so much fun. <laughs> And I would pretend, you know, I remember yeah. seeing it the way she would sing it. Um, yeah. No, I didn't see that many movies growing up. I mean, television was a really big deal. And right. um, and we did see movies, but uh, it was a lot of television. Um, I think I I wanted a kind of a perfect family. So I was I was more in the leave it to beaver. Mm. You know, okay. I would think, oh, wow. And she would wear the pearl earrings. And I <laughs> Did you, you were talking about that mind body connection in ballet. Do you think acting is like that too? Like, does that have any uh, parallels to that? No, I, I, we have been working remotely for the, but I, but in my office, uh, I know I always take note of a lot of the connection of mind and body isn't always in sync. Yeah. And, and even Kate and Tar, how connected was her mind and body? Yeah. Always. I mean, but yes, she was a conductor, but, but even when she was running and, you know, um, I mean, my, 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 I have two boys and they've always been aware of it because we've always, not that we talk about it, but um, sports, you know? That I love that I love those running scenes. I love when she's running to get her uh, uh, that you know that publication that she's featured on, and and that guy the vendor just kind of gives it to her. I love that scene. So um, in terms of you know growing up, I mean, what was what was the plan? Did you all were you really like? Did you see ballet as what you wanted to do for your entire life? I mean, when did that when did that change? When did I know that I would never become a ballerina when I moved to New York mm. and started taking lessons? And then I went to modern. Um, I did. Okay. Um, and uh, it just didn't hit. It didn't stick with me. And um, I had friends that I had uh, made when I first came here. And out of the blue, somebody said, I, I knew some modeling kind of people and, and, and they said, you know, there's an advertising agency looking for someone. Uh-huh. And anyway, I started in advertising and I was, and I, and I actually was very lucky. I, I got a very good job at a, at a young age and um, brought in like some of the commercials I did, like now have famous people in them, but, but I became frustrated that, um, you wouldn't get a job unless you looked a certain way. So I, I knocked on doors for many years and I started from the bottom. I I did extras. Mm. Um and I'm and I'm glad I did this because I know I know a lot more, but I, I did extras. Yeah. Uh you know, wake up at four o'clock in the morning and and then I did location casting. I went a, away and you know, John Sales yeah. was a an, an a supporter. That was he the Mad- really, Madawan, right? Mate one, yeah. yeah. Mate one, yeah. He, yeah, he he. Um, and then I, uh, Jody Foster, yeah. pretty much gave me my my little man Tate. Yeah. So um, 
just I, I did kids for for many years. It was like searching for Bobby Fisher and Little Man Tate, yeah. and and I love casting kids because there's a pure soul in there. Mm-hmm. You're not gonna, you know, you're not gonna, you got to find them versus direct them. Mm. Oh, interesting. Can I, you know, you know, I mean, how many kids at six years old are going to really understand all directions? So, um, just been climbing a ladder. That the little man Tate, I love him. Mean, you worked with um, Jodie Foster a lot. You cast, you're like her. I mean, you've cast the Beaver, Money Monster. After, I mean, you've cast a bunch of her films. Um, you know, as a director. But in terms of Little Man Tate, um, that's another great movie. And, um, you know, and I love Scott Frank, who wrote that. Uh, so in terms of that, when you're looking for that kid and then also the other kids, like I remember that math magician who has a lot of kind of a similar relationship with Kate and that Max character, right? Like her, him and Diane Weist. So how do you um, uh, how do you how do you think about approaching the casting process for kids? I mean, you talk about finding them, but what does it take to find little what does it take to find Fred Tate or what are, what does it take to find you know the the kind of genius cast around him you know I th- I think it's just been the past couple of years that I've learned to trust my gut and and what I mean by that trust meaning say something out loud and believe in it and not be scared to say it out loud and not be scared to go because there were times there were films to where I would be outspoken with what I really believed and some people wanted to hear it and some people didn't. Mm. And I learned it and I learned, or I tried to learn when to vocalize my, my feelings. And when, <laughs> so, you know, it's tricky to go like, no, no, you've got to go in this direction. Right. And, and so, so, and, and to really believe it. And to really believe it and, and, and um, you know, not be scared to get shut down or, or, or not even shut down. But some people don't, some people are open to hearing other people's opinions. Some people aren't. You would think they hire you for that. But some people do. Some people yeah. don't. So um, I, I, I say gut because I feel like it's what I have. have. Yeah. How and is, I, um, go, go ahead. That was it. All right. That was it. So how does it, how does, how does it, um, what is it like working with actors that direct on their directing projects? Cause you've you know, done that a bunch, you know, you've done that a bunch too. I I literally, I think more than half of my resume are actors yeah. turned directors, which is so fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, 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 uh, I mean, I, I just finished, doing a film Michael Keaton directed Mm. and it was such a great experience. Um, you, it's not even, and I'm working with an actor now. It's, it's not, it's, um, sometimes I guess I feel like we're, it's a language we can understand. Yeah. And, and plus because they've been on the other side, they probably have, do, do you see more of a respect in them directing other actors? I'm not on set. Yeah. But um, but just 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 in their approach, like when they when you're kind of collaborating with them about figuring out how to assemble this cast. I mean, it is a cast that they eventually will direct. So do you do you kind of see that as there are there uh, differences in terms of what they want versus what you feel like a traditional non-actor director would want? It varies. Yeah, it it varies. I I just 
I, I also just was lucky enough to work with Regina King mm, yeah. and, and I could see the way she was directing actors. And it was so, it, I, I was going to use the word delicate, but, but what I mean is, you know, it's always curious to watch a director directing an actor. And sometimes I'll look at the, when, when it was in person, I would look at the actor and I would, my gut would just go, they didn't have a clue what that director just said. Mm. Sometimes, you know, the clarity of what people want and, 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 and you have to know who you're speaking with to know that they're understanding what you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not as simple as turn your face. You know, you're trying to get a certain emotion to come out of them. How do you, um, how do you decide which scene to use as the audition scene? I tell you, I'm, I'm, I have such a great staff and, and they do that more than I do that. And yeah. and I also ask, um, I mean, I always look at it before it goes out, but, um, I always ask the director as well, or the writer, like, what do you need? What do you actually need to hear from this person? Yeah. But, um, and, and, and they pull sides for me. Do you, um, like you, again, like in terms of the collaborations, I mean, there are definitely collaborations with, you definitely cast, you've cast the same actor in multiple projects. You've done that a lot too. Um, but with directors, like one, one collaboration that stands out, uh, or, you know, uh, immediately is that collaboration with Ang Lee. I mean, you've worked with him a ton too, um, you know, Life of Pi, but, uh, you know, also one of the projects that was seminal in my life was the Ice Storm. So, and something like that, which is kind of a period um, you know, very period. It's about that, those key party, that time. Right. And, or, uh, uh, so how do you, um, does the, does, what, what role does the, um, cause that's based in the Northeast, what role does the location and the time, how, what is that influence on, on what you do? I mean, or does it have an influence? No, doesn't because that was, uh, no, you just, you just dive into the world. Yeah. No matter where it is, you know? Is there a consistency in working with the same director? I mean, again, like is Aang different when you're working on something, when you're working at the Ice Storm versus, um, you know, Brokeback Mountain? I mean, is there, how, do, how does that, uh, like wh what is the consistency of working with them versus, I guess, the variability of the project, if that makes sense? No, I, I Aang, Aang, Either either Aang lets me be me or I let myself be me with Aang. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know the different, but there, there, there are times to where Aang will say, I don't see it. And then I'll know that I have to show it to him. Like, like, yeah. like, you know, with specific actors, it, it's not always like we don't always agree. And um, and then I have, I don't know, we have a way of talking to yeah. each other and but um you know even life of pi i remember having um and i begged my way to india because i wanted to go more than anything in the world and oh yeah and he pulled for that to happen but but um there was an actor reading i'll never forget there was an actor reading and i was taping him and then ang was behind me and the actor made me cry wow and so I, I started to have tears and I look at Aang like, can you believe how good he is? And Aang was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> was like, what? Um, and then, you know, the, and then of course I'm yeah. like, you, you got it, you know, cause I get emotional about it. But, um, 
Yeah. You learn to to work together. I mean, I'm sure you've got those relationships. Do you um yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh do you uh um think about one of your roles as an advocate like in that situation or where maybe the director doesn't see it immediately. Do you feel like part of your job is to advocate for you know, the actor that resonates, that the actor that resonates with you, or, or do you feel like, I mean, is that tricky? Is the, yeah. Cause then the director has their own perception. The writer has their own perceptions. What is that balance? How do you navigate that? Well, that's what I was saying in the beginning. I mean, there's, there's films and, and that I did 20 years ago that um, I remember fighting for people and, and the director didn't want them and, and the producer did. And, you know, it's, it's tricky. Yeah. It's, it's tricky. It's tricky. Everyone's personalities are so different. Everyone's not, everyone sees this the same and, 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 um, tricky. Was ballet like that in terms of, um, you know, collaborating, uh, with different people with the cast when you're involved in a project and then also, um, at the helm. Yeah. I was so young. You know, like Nutcracker and things like that. I didn't get mm. the starring roles. I was, you know, the the supporting always. Um, and I'm sure if I had stayed in that world, it, it would be. I mean, I keep thinking my world is the only tricky role. I think every world is yeah. tricky. Yeah. You know, is it harder to cast? Um, I guess this might also vary in terms of the material, but is is it harder to cast? the lead role in your experience or the the role that kind of the supporting cast or does it totally vary depending on depending on the project you know when when i read a script and and if a director or producer whomever says who did you see when you were reading it um i always say i read it like a novel i don't i don't read it with someone in mind because there's been so often that i do right and i get stuck on somebody and then i can't and if they pass or say no yeah aren't available i i can't like i gotta re revisit everything and who who's as good as that person right i i do get stuck on people and roles i can hear it when you um when you're when you're reading people or when you're you know um auditioning people do you think about because i mean many times i guess i mean this is just my external outsider perception is that um when an actor is coming you know to read for you they're probably they probably have a lot on their mind. Do you kind of think about what they're coming into the room with, or you're, are you just trying to distance yourself from that or, or maybe not think about that to prevent that from happening? Like you just talked about how having an actor in mind can kind of, when you're reading a script can kind of be, you know, not a good thing. So do you, do you try to be wholly objective when you are working with people or do you try to kind of create that distance a little bit healthily to try to be more objective in that way? No, I, I think, first of all, I think any anybody who comes in for an audition, uh, you know, most people are not feeling very easy. And I always wanted my office to be the most welcoming place for an actor right. to, to be comfortable. And I, I, I think we go over and I, I, I know I try to go over and beyond making someone feel comfortable because I know if I'm going in for an interview um it's, it's about the most uncomfortable thing it's judgment yeah. it's yeah. judgment it's like are you good or are you bad mm. you know it's it's judgment and um how brilliant when actors 
and I don't know how they do it when an actor can come in and go, okay, I've done the best I can do. I'm going to leave feeling good. Yeah. So, you know, and, 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 and when actors don't, you know, sometimes they, I've, I've, I've seen when an actor comes in and they know they can't nail it mm. and I see them walking out. Have you ever given a part to someone that feels kind of like that or no? It usually doesn't end. I guess. Oh, I'm sure we have. I'm sure. Uh, we, I'm sure we have. I'm sure we have. Speaking of, because uh, we were talking about, you know, directors that, or I guess actors that uh, become directors, continue to act, but still, you know, write and direct. One, another one that comes to mind uh, that I think we should talk about is that Garden State with um, with Zach, right? Which you cast. Um, and again, like when I think about that, I mean, uh, Peter Sarsgaard and uh, Gene Smart, a lot of that, that cast. How was that? How was that experience? You know, gosh, Garden State was so long ago. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> I you're the blast from the past. I I, kept, <laughs> I, kept, I forgot I, I I even forgot who was in that. You're right, Peter. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Um, I guess I have a long history with a lot of people <laughs> that I've forgotten. Oh my gosh. Um I um uh, I don't know. I just know. I'm so fond of Zach and, yeah. and we have a, not a good joke. Okay. It, it just, you know, I, I, I've tried to cast Zach many times and it hasn't happened. So I just felt mm. really bad about that. Um, yeah. well. I don't know. Jim Parsons was in that. Yeah, that's right. And, and so I just worked with Jim. Mm -hmm. um, spoiler alert. Yeah. And, um, and it was, and I hadn't seen Jim and many, many, many his life changed after yeah. that. How was, so, how was that? Beautiful. Yeah. Just beautiful. Yeah. You can't forget Jim in that movie. He's the one that it says, uh, it says, balls, ball, it says balls in your forehead, right? That guy <laughs> in the robot, the gladiator suit, um, the night suit. All right. So then, uh, that's great. Uh, Natalie Portman too. We got to, I mean, she's Natalie. great. Yeah. Great. Um, okay. When, another collaboration another blast from the amazing past amazing memory you have you just <laughs> pinpoint all these fun things well if you i mean if you notice they're all the, the cast right so they when i think about the films and i was i was trying to do this like uh just the films that I, i've seen in the past five years you know and the films that really resonated with me and what do i remember about them and it really isn't the plot the plot tends to be kind of more hazy in my mind it's the people that played out the plot or the people that were uh part of the story that I that I kind of remember, but another uh, another blast from the past, I think an important one um, for film was uh, you know the collaborations with Spielberg, right? I mean uh, and that uh, AI. I mean I think that was Kubrick. You know I know he was involved, and then also Spielberg production. And you've worked with I think you worked with Haley before on um, on that night Shyamalan um, film Sixth Sense. So then how was um, how was that experience working with Spielberg and was Kubrick around for that process or had he, had he passed by the time that you were involved? He did. And, um, and I remember, uh, when Haley came in to read for the sixth sense, yeah. I was like, cause that's when we had like big things you put in the, like in the, um, tape, you know? Oh yeah. And, yeah. and so I kept it for for it was in my desk drawer because his audition scene is what you saw on camera it's what you saw on film wow it really was wow. so when when he said you know i see dead people yeah i was like 
oh my God. And I remember like, and, and, and it was like, well, I don't know if I want a blonde kid. No. Oh my God. He did it. He just did it. Um, yeah. And, and um, yeah, when I got the call from, it was actually Kathleen Kennedy. Right. Who was a producer and she's the one who brought me in for Steven and um, working with Steven on AI was obviously an amazing experience for me because I was searching for people who just lost limbs. Mm -hmm. Whether I mean, I went, I went to the end of the earth to find people that whether they were born like this or had a, I mean, it was just such an experience. So a lot of that was not green screen. It was all, these were real people. Wow. Yeah. And, and so that, that was a very, um, and, and Steven, I sat in Steven's office to read the script and, and I was, uh, and it really got to me. And so, you know, here I'm crying in front of Steven for like, you know, 30 minutes because he was asking me questions and I was trying not to cry. Um, it was a real touching experience. And then, and then to do Lincoln was most amazing. What made it, what made it amazing? Um, recreating history like that. And not, I, I generally do a lot of work research to find out what people really felt like and looked like and sounded like. But, you know, we're talking, you know, there's no proof of what, you know. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But, and, and, and I, and I'm, you know, thrilled when I look at the cast of that and now people are famous and that's always a, a treat. Yeah. I love, uh, Jared Harrison, that he's great. Um, okay. So then another, another kind of, uh, and this is, it's interesting to talk to you because it's, you've done so many, again, like going back to the not being defined by a single genre, like Syriana is another one. I mean, that was, um, that was Steve Gagan, right? Uh, so how was, uh, what was the experience of that? Cause you're dealing with like a, I don't even know what you call that. It's like a political thriller, but then there's also a lot of, um, you know, varied elements in that. How is that working with that cast, with that um, type of that story and Steve? Just brilliant. Because just just, you know, a lot of these are important stories. Yeah, they're stories that should be told, should be heard. Um, And so I take great pride in who represents these characters. And, and, and so I had, um, and I still work with Gagan, which I'm thrilled to say, um, you know, because you got to get it right, you know? And, and I remember kind of, I I remember Amanda Pete of all people coming in to play Matt Damon's wife. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it she kind of nailed it in the room. We were all like, yeah, you know, and I think Gagan might've offered her the role. So it's, it's a lot of people that you, you know, now I'm like shocked that it was Amanda because I, you know, we're for such different kind of work, right, but, yeah. um, but when you see people sort of nailing it in the room, it's, it, it you feel it. 
Because these are, you know, George's role. Oh my God, I see yeah. this gentleman on the news all the time, and I and I and I just another brave soul. Yeah, he won the Oscar for that, right? Did he? Yeah, I think so. I think so. That was he was another one that I think directed that year. That Good Night and Good Luck. I think that was that year. Man, um, that's awesome. That's really cool. So uh, when you, I mean, in terms of the other, um, we talked about film, but a lot, but what about, uh, what about television? Because in, in television, I guess, I mean, the director often changes, right? So are you kind of working more with the, you know, the producers or the writers? I mean, how does that change the process? Um, I know I'm always so curious when different directors come in, yeah. but it's the same, but they carry it on. I, I don't know how they do that. I, that's yeah. so curious to me. Um, Dope Sick. Yeah. Uh, Danny Strong was so there. Mm-hmm. And so, and he was the showrunner, the writer. He directed a couple of them, but he, he was so front forward, you know, Um so I didn't even know when another director came in because I was so yeah. in line with Danny. Um, no, I mean, television is kind of new and I've been in, you know, uh, I'm very proud of Mayor of Easttown and it's kind of the same story. The producer and the writer um, on that one, I, I I barely spoke to the director to be yeah. uh, brutally honest. Yeah. The showrunner. Um and Mark Royble. Um, so I, I don't really know when there's different directors. I mean, I know when there's different directors, but I'm I'm in I'm not in touch with them as much. Even in succession, yeah. um, you know, it's it's pretty much the team. It's Jesse and it's, right. the, it's the team. How's uh, how's that? Well, I want I want to talk about Succession, but r- right before, uh, did you? Because you mentioned that you kind of grew up watching television, um, quite a bit, like Leave It to Beaver, right? Was was that one of the shows? How do you? Uh, yeah, I wanted I wanted their lives. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted their lives. So how does how does that? Um, how, did you kind of do you kind of marvel at how how much television has changed from something like the traditional sitcom, which there are still sitcoms. I mean, sitcoms I don't think will ever go away, right? Um, when there's sadness, there has to be comedy. But do you um did you do you kind of marvel at how serialized television is with shows like, you know, Dope Sick, Night um, Night of and Succession, which you cast? Totally. Totally. Like I'm 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 intrigued with with what television is. Um I've been missing film because we've been, you know, relying on television these past couple of years I mean television has come into our life in such a 24/7 way um yeah. I mean it's 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 just so interesting to me it's so interesting to me the stories people tell and how well they can tell them because the night of you know I just remember <laughs> I just remember having to cast a thousand men in jail and having to figure out how to make them all different Mm. when, you know, it's, it's like, uh, it's curiosity is, is, is a, is a big thing with me with, with how to, how to make that happen. Is it, is it like a puzzle 
each time that you kind of have to unpack. I mean, it's very, you know, very different with something like mayor or succession or, you know, the night of was, that was a tough one. Why? Because Because of the prison, the prison. Yeah, because, because so everybody needed to have a separate voice. You, 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 there was a thousand people, there were 200 people in that and you couldn't get them mixed up. You know, you had to, and, um, Everybody did have their own voice. Yeah. I, that, Steve did a phenomenal job with that. And um, John Turturro, I'm still yeah. friends with John, and I'm going to work with John on something. And, uh, mm. you know, how everybody in Bill Camp, how they all just sort yeah. of walked in with, yeah. It yeah, was Bill it, Camp. Yeah. yeah. Was, and then that Riz, I remember when I first saw, uh, I mean, I, I saw him when I saw him in Nightcrawler. I mean, I was like, what? who is this guy? And then seeing him in the night of, it's, it's intense. Um, so something like uh, something like Succession, and you've won you've won a couple of Emmys for this. I mean, this is would, would you say that um, you know working on that with Jesse Armstrong and a cast that you really have to. I mean, that I think the cast is what the writing is tight uh, and it's great, but the cast I think also holds it together because you know these people. I mean, the people that are they're portraying those characters are like. I mean, they're um, in many ways they can be unforgivable, right? In terms of some of the things that they say and do. But I think maybe it's. Do you think part of the the attraction to that is the empathy that you have to have for the cast, or just just an understanding that you're able to have when when you have a cast like that? Do you think that's part of what grabs people? Well, it's, it, I, 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 my mind goes the same as your mind. Um, there was a read through the other day, and uh, on Zoom. And I feel like the writers know exactly how to write for these casts and the cast knows how to deliver these lines. And if it was, a lot of this feels like it's present day with the craziness of our political. Oh yeah. But somehow we like these people. Yeah. (laughs) And you know, or I like these people and I may not feel the same about those people. Um, because I'm able to giggle at it because it's so outrageous and I know it's not real. Yeah. And that's, that's part of it. But, but the way I have such respect, I mean, I have respect for the the respect for actors and the way that they can get out of themselves to portray these people is such a trip. It's such, um, I mean, I was on Zoom and I kept my voice off so I could, I was just giggling on the other side. Um, It's, um, I, now I've gone off the question. Forgive me. No, no, you, you definitely. I'm just going off. Yeah. yeah, No, no, this is, this is good. I I like it. So, um, I mean, on, on something like that, um, like, like you were saying, I mean, it is, it's not real and maybe that's, that's part of it. Um, but I think like when I see, uh, like Kieran is so great in that. And um, I mean, Brian and, and Jeremy, obviously, but that, but really, I think for me, it's like uh, my favorites are like Kieran and uh, that Jay Smith Cameron. So uh, in terms of, um, you know, growing, and we talked about kind of the serialization of television, does that also help in terms of them having already been together um, and you worked with them, but then coming back, does it feel like you're kind of continuing the relationships or that the characters the existing characters have established and does that make it easier for to get new people or does that create like a different 
set of challenges that you didn't originally think about maybe? Well, I, I have to, I, I pay attention to the tone mm-hmm. of the piece. There's a specific tone. Yeah. And and so um, even when I'm casting one line parts, I, 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 I try to keep the tone. There's a very specific tone with succession you know it's very smart the 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 dialogue is you know sometimes i if i'm reading the material i have i say i say it out loud so i can hear the different ways that you can um and 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 you know i also feel like now i'm just casting really small roles Mm. and i want to be careful that people you know know that it's you know one line is one line you just do your line you don't need to scream it yeah um so it's it's really the tone uh, of the show um i've just finished a couple of shows and every show has such a different tone that you really have to understand is it is it hard to transition to different pieces that have different tones when you're working on them at the same time, or are you just? I mean, you've done. It seems like you've done that throughout your entire career, right? Yeah, no, it's it's not. I just have to make sure I get it right. When when you do see when you do cast those one line bars, do you notice that that kind of the actors may come in and screaming because they want to stand out, or do they kind of get it their role in the piece and? And well, those that, people don't get the part usually. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. That's, that's really, uh, I mean, that, I think that, that definitely makes sense. All right. So as we, I mean, as we kind of wrap up, when you think about, when you think about all the work and you have a, you have a lot of projects coming out now too, but Oh, one thing, one thing that we didn't talk about that again, that we have to talk about, I think I've said this like three or four times, but it just, um, we have to, so, um, that Capote, in 2005 and that was Bennett Miller and Phil Hoffman because I just saw I just saw uh, Sorkin's Mockingbird production and whenever I think about that I think about you know Harper Lee I I think about Catherine Keener what was it like working on that on that piece wow oh gosh I loved it I loved it that was so long ago um I was so happy to be offered that. And um, it's funny because that's a group of people that, you know, I'm working with Danny Futterman now, Caroline mm. Barron. I mean, it's, it's you know, you, um, I loved it. And, and I remember, oh, now I can't remember the name of the role, Clifton Collins role. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember having just a really long discussion with Bennett because a famous a famous person wanted that role and and I felt that it purely it had to be Clifton because the elements were him yeah and Bennett you know and that's why when you get when when you're in sync with someone which I I you know we, we do this going to the grocery store you know if you're in sync with someone it doesn't mean oh great I'm right but it's just almost um heartwarming that you know people can understand each other and see so um it was just a great experience and then i went off to cast the one movie phil directed oh yeah how was that how's working with him as a director Uh, lovely it was just lovely i felt i mean it's just lovely i mean he what he what he was philip seymour hoffman but he wasn't 
who he is now, when he was directing the movie, he was a, a great New York actor. You know, he wasn't as famous. He was yeah. kind of famous, but not, you know. Well, fame, I mean, there's... New York there's, fame. Yeah. Maybe that's, I think that, I feel like that's the best, uh, maybe that's the best kind of famous, right? Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can still live live your life. So, all right. So, and Clifton, you worked with him again on uh, Sunshine Cleaning. He's great in that. I mean, he plays, we were talking, you were talking about the um, AI, you know, finding, I mean, the, the people that have lost limbs. I mean, that's someone that, that's a character that that's lost a limb as well. Um, yeah, man, I love that. Do you like, um, do you like working on independent projects kind of more like that like garden state or do you do you kind of prefer maybe more i don't know mainstream or bigger bigger types of projects or does it all do you love it all it's 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 all the it's it's the same i mean you know if you're gonna do a big fat studio movie you know um it's 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 all great i mean i i think what what I love mostly is the collaboration, to be perfectly honest. And when there's that, that, that sits on me in a really tough way. I, I can't, um, I, I, I appreciate the collaboration to be perfectly honest. And it's um, hard. Everybody has an ego, you know? Yeah. How, I mean, how do you deal with that? What do I, you don't, do? I don't deal well with any of that. I, I wake I wake up in the middle of the night and go, what did I say? <laughs> are the are the is everyone on succession pretty nice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I don't see people in person anymore. Yeah. Do it's, you do you, uh, do you miss that? I do. I yeah. do. Yeah. But would you say that uh, what happened? You know, the, this pandemic has it changed a lot? in the process of casting? I mean, I guess. I think you know, it has. The, in, in what way? Aside from the not necessarily being in person, I mean, how else has it, how else has it impacted what you do? Well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't give a lot of direction to the actor in the room because I want the creative team to see what an actor brings in. Sure. But if I do, but if I know that that director is going to want, you know, this actor to smile after he says, you know, that line, then I'll, you know, kind of throw things in. And now a lot of actors are self-taping or even if we're doing a Zoom audition, it's still like I'm getting a vibe of who you are. But I know if we were in person, it would be a little better. Yeah. And and I think it's that difference, you know. And that that can be vital, right? Get a job, don't get a job. Wow. Do my work better, not not do my work better, you know. When you think back on the projects, and again, I mean, you have a lot of a lot of projects always coming out. Do you just do you love to work? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I I I do, but when I seriously talk about collaboration because I, I I just finished a job that was so tough um and what made it tough was lack of communication and um and everybody seeing the reality of what's really there like who can we really get who can we really not get how long do we wait to get you know there's there's all those elements in casting that 
you know, nobody, nobody thinks about and they shouldn't because it's not their job. But um, when things go well, you're just so appreciative. Yeah. You want it to go well. You want it to go well for everybody, you know, and when everybody's working to the, to the end goal and they do it well, you know, cause everybody has different, you know, you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, you know, some days and, you know, so communication is just, it's, it's so important. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's true. It definitely in work and in life. Um, just as we, as we wrap up, um, Marion Doherty and, uh, Lynn, Lynn Stallmeister, I mean, are they, would you say that they were kind of the pioneers of modern casting? Did you have, um, did you ever meet them or, you know, think about, uh, do you, but you think about, do you kind of think about their legacy as you're casting? To be honest, um, I, I never worked for any. So um, there was an English woman named Mary Calhoun Mm -hmm. when I was, so when I left advertising, I was trying to get into film and I truly climbed the ladder. And because when I would knock on certain doors, they would look at my resume and advertise and they go, I think you're overqualified to answer the phones. And I was going, no, I really will. But there was one Mary Calhoun and she passed away too young. Um, And she was the only one who hired me, but I had the flu. So I couldn't work uh, out of her office. So I was working at home and that's before conference calls and all of this stuff. Yeah. And, um, so I couldn't understand, I, I didn't know how she would handle a situation. Mm. So I've never known. So I didn't get the opportunity to work for anyone that worked for Marion or Marion or Lynn or for Lynn. So sometimes that's something that I'm always like, oh, I wonder how they would handle this because uh, that's such a benefit to work and learn from people. Yeah. Wow. Uh, this was uh, a lot of fun. I really, uh, it was such an honor again to talk to you and well, uh, honor that you called and, and, and I, I have much respect for you. So oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you.